0: Hey everyone, welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to six, and a 24-year homeschool veteran mom. If you're a new listener, I am so grateful that you're here today. And and for those of you who are old-timers, I'm thankful that you've decided to join me once again. I know you have lots of Podcasts and people you can listen to. And I'm just grateful that you've chosen to spend time with me. I consider that an honor. If you're able to leave a review from where you're listening, I would greatly appreciate it. And if you haven't checked out my two books, I'd love for you to do that as well. The Unhurried Homeschooler and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart can be found on Amazon. We're going to have a great giveaway today and um, a special offer as well. So stay with us to hear more. And now I just wanna make one last announcement before we dive into the topic. From February 17th to the 21st, Homegrown Generation Online Conference will be going on and you will not want to miss it. I'll be doing a workshop on nurturing sibling relationships. The cool thing about this, you guys, is not only do we have a great lineup of speakers, a huge variety of topics, but you get unlimited lifetime access to every single session. There are swag bags that are just, they're digital swag bags, and they're just overflowing with all kinds of great gifts. And all of this is only $20. So I'm going to leave a link in the podcast notes so that you can click on it and find out any more details that you want to find out. And so you can register. I love online conferences because you can watch them from home at your convenience. That's, uh, you know, you can be in your pajamas. You can sit and watch them with your spouse when the kids are in bed, when it works for you. So please go check that out. I'm also going to include a link to the many places that I'm going to be speaking in 2020. I'm going to be in Illinois, Indiana, South Dakota, Michigan, Florida, North Carolina, Virginia, and Arizona. And I would love to see you there and give you a big hug and be able to talk to you in person. So I'm pretty sure that we can all relate to struggling with anger at one time or another. But my guess is that like me, it can be an ongoing struggle because, you know, when we homeschool, especially, obviously our kids are with us more than the average parent. And so we are definitely um, feeling those Parameters pressed more often. And so today I have uh, Chap Bettis joining me to talk about overcoming anger in the home. Chap was on my podcast a while back talking about parenting with confidence. That is podcast 44. I'll include that link in the notes as well if you want to go back and listen to it because it was a great podcast, really encouraging. But Chap is the author of The Disciple Making Parent. Raising Your Children to Love and Follow Jesus, I love that, and the executive director of the Apollos Project, it's a ministry devoted to helping parents disciple their children. Guys, I've said this over and over again, that education is discipleship. So for the previous 25 years, he was lead pastor in a New England church plant. He also wrote the Donut Date Journal, Evangelism for the Tongue Tied and the Fearless Apologetics Curriculum. He and his wife, Sharon, have homeschooled their four adult children for their entire grade school and high school experience. When he's not ministering in the Word, Chap likes cycling. Skiing, reading, and checking out Providence Restaurants with his wife. Now, his latest project is a five-week video-driven Bible study called Parenting with Patients Overcoming Anger in the Home. And that is what we're going to be talking about today. So welcome, chap. We are so glad to have you here.
1: Well, thank you so much. It's a joy, joy to talk with you. A lot of respect for you and your ministry.
0: Oh, thank you. I just I loved having you on last time. Loved your heart. I I think what I appreciate so much about you is just the, the, the solid biblical counsel that you give, because it seems like that's just so hard to, to find these days. And so I'm excited that I get to have you here again, um, sharing your heart and sharing these um, solid biblical principles with, with families. So tell me, uh, first of all, just a little bit of background, what, uh, what made you decide to create this study?
1: Well, this is, we'll start with true confessions. This is, this is my sin. This is my issue. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so as we were uh, homeschooling our kids, we've got four children two years apart. So that means whatever things we did, we did intensely. Um, and so, you, you know, intensely young kids running around the house and all the way up to 2010 was our, was our teen year, um, and so what I, I just, I saw this in, in myself and said, this mm-hmm. is not acceptable. And uh, I really, I, I want to pass the gospel to my kids. I mean, that's the heart of the disciple making parent is, is how do I pass the gospel? And, and the number one issue that young people say, the reason they walk away from their faith is hypocrisy mm-hmm. in the home or in mm-hmm. the church. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so here I am, you know, getting upset and, um, and saying okay this this is not acceptable and so it re- really it was it was me searching the scriptures trying to wrestle through my own heart uh, get a get a handle on my own uh upset and saying and saying and yet God, god's called me to lead the family so h- how do i discern help me help me figure that out um mm-hmm. and so by god's grace i think i i did grow into becoming more patient
0: Mm, I love that. I know I, I always tell people, you know, think twice about praying for patients because, you know, what's going to happen? You're going to be tested, you know, three, four times as much. And, you know, I know that the, the moms listening or the parents that are listening um, are most of them are homeschooling parents. And, you know, we have that that extra challenge of a lot of extra time spent with our kids and which is fantastic. It's such an opportunity Um to disciple them, but it's also a huge challenge for us to be sure that we're growing right alongside of them, because like you said, you know, you you, rec- you start to recognize these things in your life, and this is what happens, you know, you homeschool, it's just the beginning, you know, you want to protect your kids, keep them home, you want to disciple them, and all of a sudden you realize you need the discipleship just as much as they do, <laughs> And I tell, I tell parents all the time, you know, you've got to let Jesus disciple you while you disciple your children. And he does work that all out. I I feel like some parents feel like they have to be perfect in order to be a great parent. And the opposite is really true because what, you know, what you're saying, when you say uh, we want to bring the gospel to our kids, that means they have to understand what that looks like, what repentance looks like. I mean, I, I love the fact that You recognize what was happening. You didn't just sweep it under the rug and you said, I need to go head to head, toe to toe with this. And the best place to find out the truth in how to deal with this is to go to the scripture. So I just love that. But it's easy for this sin to be hidden. It's easy. It's embarrassing, you know, and I think some people are. Worried, they're worried about what someone's going to say or if someone's going to turn them in. You know, they've got all these fears, and so then that causes us to feel like we can't talk about it. So, um, share with me why you think that anger is a hidden sin in churches.
1: Well, I think a number of different reasons. Um, that again, searching my own heart and then also thinking about Scripture. Interestingly, the the two in the New Testament, the two largest. Ah, uh, collections of sin—if you want to cause call it that—are sexual sin and sins of anger, and so that mm. this is a this is a very common issue. It it has been common, um, you know, all the way back from uh, Genesis there with Cain and Abel, but I I think it's hidden for a number of reasons. One is I'm not always convinced it is sin, so I know there's a category for. Righteous anger, and uh, okay. you know, I think. Well, yes. mm, maybe my. I think mine fit. I was pretty, you know, righteous right in that <laughs> moment, right there. Um,
0: yeah, you are feeling pretty righteous at the moment. I, I at totally the moment, get yeah.
1: <laughs> I think another reason is, is we don't realize how large our reactions are and how they impact others. So Paul Tripp has a great saying where he says, uh, "My view of myself is about as accurate as a fun house mirror." Oh. And uh, y- you know, I I would. My Sharon would say to me, uh, "Stop! You know you need to stop yelling." And I'm like, "Well, I'm not yelling. I've just raised my voice a little bit." And, right. and and so I don't I don't actually hear myself. And then especially if I've got young children, how they're hearing me. So that that can be another reason. We may we may not understand the variations of anger. We can talk about that a little bit, but you know, there's different there's different types. So you can serve anger cold. Um, right. So or so we can talk about that if you want to. And then I think you hit on it. We're just, we're just really embarrassed. It's a hidden, it is a hidden sin. So, you know, we yell at our kids and they're quiet, they scramble, and then nobody sees us in that moment. And so it's a very easy because of the, um, you know, the busyness of life or what we just, we just move on. They, they, right. they did, they finally did what I wanted them to do. I had to yell and then right. they finally, they finally did it. And so problem solved.
0: Yeah, it's it's like this natural response to yell because it's like, I'm pretty sure they're not hearing me because they're not doing what I told them to do. And so then then you just you get louder and louder and louder. But I, I remember a, a scenario with um, my our, our two, three oldest kids were very, very, very small. And I think our youngest was a newborn. And and our so we, they were, I think, not quite. Um, I'm trying to think here, I think three. And yeah, three and one and then a newborn. And I remember I was suffering from sleep deprivation and I, you know, that's not an excuse. Again, you know, that's one of those things you can make excuses for. But that's what brings it out, you know, is just the sin is there. It's just these circumstances bring it out. And um, it was interesting because I remember I just lost it and I started yelling at them and right at that point someone knocked on my door it was the <laughs> neighbor and i know that she, she heard me and it was it was mortifying that at the same time it was a real wake up call because it made me i thought about from her perspective what was she hearing and and was i was so ashamed and but not that I never yelled again because I, I did. But it, it was just one of the, I just I won't forget that moment of what that felt like, um, just sort of being caught, you know.
1: <laughs> well, and then that shows, and you, and I've done it too, so certainly not casting stones here. But that shows that in the moment, what mattered mattered more is uh, what she thought right. and God or my kids. And right. like, oh my my kids, they can't run away from me for so many years, and so right. I I give myself latitude
0: yeah and i think when i after you know the embarrassment wore off and then I thought about my children you know it just sort of went down the line and it just kind of i sunk from there you know <laughs> it was just all not a good scenario so I'm glad we're talking about this uh today but you quote dr david uh, Paulson's definition of anger from his book called good and angry so tell me why you think that definition is so important to understand and, and what is it
1: well the de- he his definition is um anger is an is an active stance you take to oppose something you assess as important and wrong. So anger is an active stance you, you take to oppose something you assess as important and wrong. And so what that helps us understand is that there is a category for righteous anger. Mm. Uh, and, and so I, so that, you know, the man who watches his teenage son speak disrespectfully to his wife and the son's mother, and just and just shrugs his shoulders. Well, that's a deficiency in the man. There, there mm-hmm. should a, this is important, and this is wrong. And so, so I should as a as a dad, as a as a father, take an active stance to to train my child to respect his mother. So, so that that helps us see that there actually there's a category for righteous anger. It helps us understand. Uh, why uh, Jesus can be angry and not sin, and God is 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 righteously angry at us. He He alone knows what is important and wrong. So th- so that's that's helpful, and we can talk about anger as our friend here in a minute. But but also, uh, most of the time we misjudge things because then we can look at mm-hmm. how many times Jesus. Did not get angry when he was opposed into and, right. and on the cross and all these other times that we can see that we misjudge, often misjudge those in the more in the in the moment uh, where where we need to we need to look at our own heart uh, mm-hmm. and say yeah this is probably not as important as I think it is or not as wrong and and I'm the one being sinned against and so that's why I'm getting upset.
0: Right, right. And, and there have been um, a handful of times that I've actually had started to feel angry, had the presence of mind and asked more questions before I got angry. And I often found that I didn't have a full understanding of what was actually going on or what was actually being said or communicated. And just that little bit of patience and a little bit of, um, you know, just asking more questions um, kind of based on this, 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 Saying that I heard a long time ago um, to help have better relationships, seek to understand before being understood. And that has saved me a few times. I wish I would remember it more often, but just that little bit of patience and a little bit of you know being a little more inquisitive about what's happening with the other person has uh, really helped. it's It's kind of curbed that making that mistake of of becoming angry uh, too quickly. Um, I'm going to read James, uh, four, one and two, and then I, uh, have a question with you from you that I want to ask you. Um, it's, it's, it's something that we read a lot in the context of anger. So James four, one and two, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have. So you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not Have because you do not ask God. Can you talk a little bit about um, what it is we need to understand about that verse, and uh, what we might misunderstand?
1: Well, I I love that passage because it 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 puts it puts things back on us. What causes the fights and quarrels? Well, I can answer that easily. My husband, my spouse, my (laughs) child—that's what causes the fights and quarrels. I had a bad day. (laughs) I had a bad day at work, et cetera, et cetera. He, she, they. Um, and so that's what causes fights and quarrels and James says, no, it's your desires that battle within you. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, understanding that can help me see why one person yells at the traffic and the other person doesn't, it's not mm-hmm. the traffic. It's the, it's the desire within that person now to me. And, and I think that's just really helpful because, um, uh, because it helps me able to confess uh, my sin, I, I, I don't know about you, but my sinful heart, when I have a disagreement with my spouse, I I do a little math. And if it's, it's often in my mind, it's 90% her fault and 10% mine. Right, and so right. it's, it's yeah. instead of saying, no, 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 what it was your desire and your, what you felt was your right. So that was, that was, you came in after, a, after a day, of work and you felt you had the right to have a peaceful house or for us, you know, thinking about moms, you know, I, I have a right to have a, um, understanding husband or, or obedient children, et cetera, et cetera. So having said that, <clears throat> so that can give me to work on my own, uh, heart with patience. But having said that, I think what's, what we misunderstand. And, and to me, this is the, the, the spirit of the age is we are focusing on our, Often on ourselves and our sin, and, and we should, but not to the exclusion of thinking about godly desires that we should have as the leaders of the home. So desires can be mm-hmm. sinful, but desires can also be uh, neutral or good. And so um, we talk about this when we talk about anger as your friend, but, but my son should have done his homework. That's a good desire. God has put me in place as the mom, as the dad to, to train them in that. And so, um, that I can't go just that it's sinful desires. There are good desires that I need to, um, that God has given me that, that I should have as a parent. So, so that actually, that verse helps us drill down, I think, take a look at our anger and then also say, okay, is this a sinful desire in the moment? Is this a good desire that I just got um, I, I, it became a demand. David Powelson again says, you know, often the object of the desire is good. The evil lies in the lordship of the desire. So in that moment, right. mm-hmm. uh, in that moment, I had to have a a child who had done his homework. Right. So that, so that that's, I think that's the, the misunderstanding there, which, uh, I, I don't want your listeners, your moms to go away and, beating themselves up because there are good desires and uh-huh, and anger uh-huh. is given us to, to help us say, whoa, this is wrong. My child should right. have done his homework. My child should not be talking back to me. I need to come up with a solution.
0: Right. And then there's that that choice at that point, whether you're, I mean, I'm trying to understand at that point, you can feel Feel that feeling of anger, but then you still have a responsibility of what you do with that. Is that kind of what you're saying is like recognizing it, where it's coming from? Is it coming from a good desire? Yes, it's coming from a good desire. Then how should I move forward with this rather than, you know, or I look at it and I say, okay, that's coming from a really bad, des- not a good place, not a good desire. And I need to, I need to deal with my own heart with my, myself on yeah. this. Does that make and sense? that's why.
1: Yeah. The, the yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's Ephesians four says in your anger, do not sin. Right, and so the right. the implication is, and you just mentioned it before when you talked about that moment there. Uh, and then you sought more information that anger, anger is not necessarily sinful, but it's a, it, it's, it seems like it's a unique opportunity to sin. So it is excellent. So is yeah.
0: Because that blood pressure gets going and all of a sudden you're, you're like down that road and you're thinking, wow, how did I get, how did that happen so fast? You know, I remember uh, hearing Gary Smalley say at one point, you know, feelings are like a dash, they're like a light on the dashboard of life. You know, you're driving your car down the road and the light comes on and, you know, sometimes... Uh, it means there's actually something really serious that needs to be dealt with. Other times, it's just a just a minor thing, but either way, you need to stop and take a look under the hood and see what's going on. You know, check it out, do some investigation, and then you know, make decisions from there. And so, I, I love that because sometimes we assume that because our feelings are so strong that we're justified in 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 what we're we're thinking is causing it. Does that make sense? And, and then that, that can just end up not going well really fast, but I, I've always heard it's okay to have the feeling it's what you do with it that matters. And I think that's that's kind of what you're saying. So yeah, that's really good. I'll, I'll leave that um, uh, passage in, in the podcast notes, but I'd like you to talk a little more about the destructive power of anger and why you say it is a foe or an enemy
1: well, I think that's that's part of of getting to uh, pursuing patience and putting uh, putting to death uh, this sinful anger is is realizing the consequences. And so, for example, you you know you talked about how you realized the consequences, some of the consequences when you were, uh, you know, your neighbor. Um saw heard you, but but if you look at it, if you just if you study it scripturally, what you find, for example, in Matthew five is Jesus says that 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 sinful anger is in the family tree of murder. uh mm. it's damn it's damnable if you if if you are sinfully ang- angry, and so just for us to say, wow, this is, this is, this is baby murder right now. I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. angry. It's, it's, it's just tiny murder. Thankfully, I'm not going to act on it, but it's the same. Um, it's the same family tree. It grieves the spirit. That's Ephesians Mm four 30. Uh, it's driven by the flesh Galatians five. And you know, the one, I I think this is, is really was helpful for me. James one 20. It's not going to fix the problem. So Mm. that caused me to become angry. So in the moment I've got kids running around and whatever. And, and if I just yell and scream, they scramble, they get quiet. And yes, I solved it that moment, but I also put in the seeds of destroying the relationship. And so it didn't, perhaps there needs to be more calmness and that's maybe we need to manage that better. But this, this didn't solve the problem. Um, you know, I I thought it thought it did. Proverbs twelve eighteen, reckless words pierce like a sword. So that I I think those things to understand that this is this is a foe. Uh, I can get control of it. Proverbs twenty nine eleven says the fool gives full vent to his anger. Uh, how many times have I been foolish? Um, so so if I see that th- this is really an enemy, it's not. I I can't excuse myself, and that's I think that was some of the changing point for me. When I, when I began to see, I've got to get, I've got to get a hold of this. You know, if someone has a drug problem or, you know, we, what was something we'd call serious sin. You wouldn't say, Oh yeah, you, you can get to that. You can get to that. We would say, no, this is serious. Mm -hmm. And so if I realize that, that uh, it's a foe, I'm going to fight it. That Dr. Ed Welch, who said, he has a saying, he said to be angry is to destroy. And Mm -hmm. if I'm, if I'm destroy, I realize I'm destroying my, my, this, this relationship or his peace or his joy or his trust or my witness, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to really work on this, uh, mm-hmm. solve with the Lord's help to change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the key right there. You said with the Lord's help, I'm listening to you talk and, you know, I just, I, I just, Think it's important there there's so many self-help things out there. This is not what we're proposing. I, I think we just need to make that clear because that yeah. line can be blurry for some people who maybe just aren't super familiar with the word or a full understanding of the fact that this is why Jesus died on the cross and rose again. Um to so that we would have His power living in us to overcome and that He has this amazing way of taking those things that, um, you know, that, that Satan means for evil and turning around and using them for good. God, he, God is a God of redemption. He's a God of restoration. I mean, if you've blown it with your kids and you know that there's been a lot of anger in your home, it's not too late. It's never too late. It's God can do so much by just, you know, just moving forward according to his word, which is, you know, we repent, we repent before the Lord, we repent with our children, and we, we pray over it together and we work on it together and and help our kids understand that this is what the gospel is. This is about lives being changed. I was this and now I'm becoming this. And so I just want to throw that word of encouragement in there because I know um, I, I think I may be completely wrong, but I feel like men's uh, response to anger is tends to be a little different than women's. I, I feel like a lot of times men are like, hey, this is just the way it is this is what this is what needed to happen and you know they're a little more factual about everything and then it's i think women at least myself maybe i'm the only one here but i can easily come under a lot of heavy condemnation and that's really i mean that's just the other end of pride it's not it's not any better than you know acting like nothing's happened but it's There's this heaviness and this hopelessness that can come with it because, um, we're so concerned that we've ruined our children and, you know, it can be overwhelming. And I guess that's what I want to just make sure that we address here is that, yeah, yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, I, amen, amen, amen. And I I mean, the, you know, Galatians talks about it's by the spirit that we Mm have, we we have patience and, you know, the, the family is, every family's messy. And so uh-huh. our kid, our kids will see us asking forgiveness and me and being genuine and not. And so that's absolutely what you're talking about. Is that how many times I had to confess to my wife, to my yes. kids, and say genuinely, not just sort of to move on. Right. I am really, I am really working on this. And I'm, I blew it again. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And and uh, I'm you know, I'm working on this. And that the cool thing, uh, there's a lot of resilience in families. Can I just Mm -hmm. add one more thing when I do
0: parenting with confidence?
1: Mm -hmm. So one of the things uh, on my nonprofit, uh, I have a doctor on my board and he he says the thing he sees most in moms is fear and especially fear of messing up their kids.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: and so I'm sure you've heard this. So Biblically, though, I just want to encourage my—I mo- don't know if this is encouraging or discouraging. Biblically, your child comes messed up already.
0: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they're, Amen. They're, I remember they're sinful. You that they, time.
1: I yes. Go ahead. They come with the 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 virus is all the uh, you know the the uh, virus is already on the hardware. You you didn't put that there. Um, mm-hmm. in the sense of you're not going to mess, mess them up. So just assuming, you know, no sorts of abuse, we're right. talking high level abuse, assuming that you're not going to mess them up. They, they, uh. they have plenty of, of their own heart mess up <laughs> coming, <laughs> coming right. to you.
0: Amen. I love that. Thank you for saying that. And then when you said that, I remembered uh, you mentioning in that in the last podcast. And I've actually, that's come to mind several times since then when I've been talking to moms because yeah, it really is a fear for us. And I think it's so important to what you said about the the resilience within the family. I think if if the rule, not the exception, but the rule is that you've got a loving, warm, family life, you know, a a loving and warm and engaged relationship with your kids. You're just showing up every day and they see you there for them, you know, and that's the rule, not the exception. Like you said, you're not going to mess them up. God has got this. He's got your back. He knew when we went into this that we weren't going to be the perfect parent, but he's right there along with us providing what we need along the way. And I I think this conversation, um, is, is one of those tools and one of those provisions for, for the parents who are listening. And I just love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So you said, Also, um, you've mentioned uh, a few times this idea of understanding anger as your friend. Can you explain that a little bit more? Oh, before we do that, can I have you do something really quickly? We talked about an apology. Can you kind of just explain what a real apology is? Because I think not everybody fully understands, like, what does it look like to make things right with your, with your kid or your spouse?
1: Yeah, well, that's great. I, Good. That's a very good question, and I agree um, uh, that we that we don't understand it. So, so I'm I'm kind of a stickler on this. So you can you can correct it when when I'm done. But I'm sorry. I mean, it does work with little kids. It does, and it's okay. But technically, I'm sorry is I'm sorrowed, and it, and I I could be sorrowed for something that. Um, I don't have any, I don't have any trouble with. So you got a flat tire, uh, today before we had this podcast, I'm sorrowed that that happened. I didn't cause it and I'm not going to take ownership for it. So I, it's more asking forgiveness is really owning the sin and then, and, 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 confessing it, um, to the person. So again, we're talking about, are we talking about little kids or, or, uh, teens, but really being able to say, you know, I, I, um, you know, earlier this evening, you came home, you threw your stuff down thinking about a teens and uh, I, I just lost it. I, I sinned against you. I should not, I should not have yelled. I should not have um, uh, gotten upset. And I'm, I'm working on that. Uh, would you, would you please forgive me?
0: Mm. Uh-huh. And that's,
1: that's how the key. That's the key thing. So we pray, for, uh, you know, forgive us our debts uh-huh. uh, forgiveness. Forgiveness is, is when I'm seeking forgiveness, I'm admitting that I am indebted to you. I've done something that has smashed you and I'm asking you to mark that debt, uh, forgiven. So would you, would you please forgive me? And, and they, And sometimes they need some time, again, thinking about older, thinking about a spouse or thinking about an older person. But sometimes they need some time. But, um, you know, hopefully the response is, I forgive you. And and, yeah, go ahead. That's
0: great. I love that. I I totally agree with you. It reminds me of a story of our two oldest uh, kids. They're both girls and they're 21 months apart and they're vastly different. So their communication, we really had to work on how They had to learn how to speak to each other because it was like one was speaking Chinese The other was speaking Russian and they would get in these arguments and finally it was about Oh somewhere in their early teen middle school years They were like we 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 need to figure this out because this isn't working really well We're we're fighting a lot and i'm like, yeah, I think that's a good idea And we started talking about doing drive-through talking and but one of the If you guys don't know what that is, it's just having someone say their piece, you know Whatever they need to say and then the other person repeating back to them what they've said Um, to make sure that they fully understand what's being communicated. So we did that. But one thing that came out of that conversation was how the one apologized to the other. She said, Mom, when she apologizes, she just says, sorry, or I'm sorry, she doesn't say, but she goes, I'm not sure she knows what she's sorry for. Like, I don't know if she understands what it is that actually offended me because she never actually says, I'm sorry for blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that is a really good point. So all that to say that ties right into what you said, make sure that you name the thing that you're actually sorry for doing and, and ask for forgiveness. So I love that explanation. Um Okay, so now we want to talk about understanding anger as your friend. And I had to laugh because I was sharing that that sentence with my husband before um, I got on with you to record this. He said, anger will be your friend if you don't want any friends. <laughs> <laughs> I had to laugh. I was like, yeah, that'll be the only friend you have. So tell us how um, we can understand anger as our friend.
1: Well, I I, I So, I understand what, what your husband's saying, but... Um, <laughs> what I mean by that is going back to our earlier um, uh, point that there are good desires and an anger, anger is a prompt that says something is wrong. So to go back to Dr. David Powelson's uh, definition, an active stance to take to oppose something that you um, assess is important and wrong. So if, if there are things where, this is an indicator we have a problem. So let's just suppose um, doing doing homework or not doing homework as is often the case, you know. <laughs> so mm-hmm. math, math is the daily vitamins, and sometimes the daily vitamins don't get taken. And so okay. um, you know, so you, and you just assumed that it was going to get done and it didn't, and promised to do better, or you threaten, or whatever, and it just it just keeps going. And so so my point is that um it indicates a problem. Anger indicates a problem and it should motivate us to attack the problem, not the person. So it should motivate us to come up with a plan. So, Mm -hmm. so in that moment, if I, I, so after I confess my sin for getting angry and blowing up about not doing the math or something like that, but there should be another part that says to me, it, this is wrong that they're not doing their homework. <laughs> I need, I, I, God has put me to my, me and my spouse, Lord willing to, to rule over this little city called my family and we have a problem and, and, and I need to come up with motivations, consequences, that type thing. So this, this upset should motivate me to, to discuss with my spouse or to to sit back at another time and say, we have a problem and we're going to attack, we're going to attack this problem, not the person. So we, we put our arm either physically or figuratively around our child and say, we're going to attack, you and I are going to attack this problem together.
0: Mm. I love that. I love that. Cause it, it, that's that sense of teamwork. I'm on your side. And even though we're feeling those, those feelings of frustration, we can pull that child Um to us and and work together on this and it also that's that's discipleship right there you know pulling them alongside of you and saying look we have this problem right here and and we're going to solve it together and so let's let's figure this out so i love that so what are some specific things that parents can change in their parenting so that they become more patient
1: well i we could we could talk about our own heart so we're just starting with that just just changing and I've got a whole, uh, chapter five is just, uh, how we change and in the, in the, in the workbook, I've got a anger right. journal. So just, uh-huh. just going through, going through that and just, just thinking through slowing life down mm-hmm. and, and looking and going back and saying, huh, what happened? And, and what am I going to, what am I going to do about that? So just to say, okay, Lord, this is what, this is what you're teaching with me. Um, uh, you know, Paul says, I'm here for your progress and joy. It's about progress. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so slowing down and looking at our own heart. And then I think also that, and we just alluded to this before, slowing down and creating not only a plan for my heart, but creating a plan for my parenting. So Mm -hmm. to say, okay, what, Mm -hmm. What, what is the cons- What How are we going to work with this? What is, what is the problem? We have a problem with math or we have a problem with such this. And, and I'm going to take a breath. We're going to have a family meeting. I don't know if we talked about the coffee date before on the other, um, on the other podcast, but we're, we're going to we talk did up- briefly. Yeah. So just talk with my spouse and say, we got a problem here. What, let's come up with a, a consequence. And too often, too often, and, and, you know, we use words instead of actions and mm-hmm. God in, uh, Ephesians uh, six has given us two tools, train, tra- bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord actions and words. And uh, too mm-hmm. often there's, we need some, we need some action. So, so those are just things re-examine the freedoms you're giving your children. Just, just, I'm just, again, taking this upset as a prompt, rather than just moving on to the next thing, right? Apologize, right. asking forgiveness, moving on to the next thing to say, okay, that indicated a problem. This is a chance for me to adjust, adjust our parenting, adjust the homeschooling, adjust how we're doing this, so that right. there's right. consequences.
0: Right, and I think too, one thing to point out, um, I know a lot of us who homeschool were sort of type A personalities, and we can. Um, I guess I want to step back and look at this and say, you know, if this is just an occasional thing that happens, I wouldn't be overly concerned. But if you are running into something which is typically what makes us angry is when it's something that's becoming the rule, it's happening a lot. That's typically what drives us to that point, uh, or brings out that you know that desire in us, um, and brings us to that point of of being angry. Uh, so I guess what I'm saying is don't micromanage with this. I, I think this is this is for when those when you're seeing um, a pattern both in your children and in yourself when it comes to to anger. I mean, obviously we should should deal with anger in our own heart each time it happens, but I'm talking about the parenting piece of it. Um, Sometimes because we're with our kids all the time, it can be easy to be like, we gotta be on every single little thing. But I feel like, Give them some grace, you know, like if it, if it happens, they didn't get it done. Okay, well, we're just going to, we'll see where this goes from here. But it does kind of get your attention and you kind of keep note so it doesn't, so that you notice when it starts to become the rule and maybe you can keep from getting to that point of being angry and sort of waylay that being a problem, if all of that makes sense. But this idea that you just shared, um, I just am constantly sharing with families and that is to slow down so many families are rum- running at warp speed and they're missing the opportunities to, like you said, slow down, hit that pause button and think, rethink about your plan. How are you gonna how are you gonna address this? How are you gonna handle this? It's that unhurried piece that is so important because that's when we can really talk things out with our spouse. that's when we can really uh, take the time to listen. For that still small voice, because that's really what we want. We want God to give us wisdom in how to raise our kids, because He knows them better than we do. So um, I love that you shared kind of that that unhurried piece, But you include um, an ang- anger journal questions and a whole chapter on how to change. Um, is there a specific reason you did that? Is that a, really a process?
1: Well, yeah, because I I think it's easy. Um, It's easy if you do a study like this, a Bible study like this to if you've just got information, a lot of times it doesn't transform you. And so Mm -hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. of times as we we as Christians, we don't know how to change. And so that's uh, so one piece of that is just journaling those. We have an upset. okay what what was happening at that time and what was I desiring and what? What were the other factors and just taking, just slowing us down as you, as you, uh, I know you, you're a big proponent, slow mm-hmm. down, slow the video down. And I, yes. I've just piggybacked on what you said previous having, having, um, now the parent of four, 20 uh, year olds. Yeah, we, I, we don't want to, uh, micromanage them and the joy, the joy in the house. That is what they'll remember. The yes. joy and the hurry, the joy versus the hurry, mm-hmm. is a lot more. Is what they'll remember as opposed to any specific activity. So that's just, and that's just self-management, right? On our part, right. it's 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 being able to look at something a good opportunity and just uh, just go nope. I, I just, we can't do that. You know, we, right, we've, right. we we do not have the bandwidth to do that.
0: Right. Right. Be willing to lay that down for the, for the sake of the peace in your home. You know, I think we, it's so easy to lose that peace and that, that God given rhythm, especially, you know, once you find that you just need to, You know, it's so important to embrace it and stay in it and recognize when it's being thrown off. And, um, and obviously, I mean, it, it gets thrown, it seems to get thrown off on a, you know, regular basis and you've got to make adjustments again. But yes, definitely think through the activities and the busyness that you're, um, you know, bringing into your family life um, and make sure that you're leaving margin for these opportunities to slow down and to really deal with heart issues, not just our kids' but our own heart issues. And as far as the grace part of it, I think we also need to remember, I used to, I learned this a little further down the road. Now, all of our kids are we're about to graduate our seventh. So they're 15 up to 28. So almost all of our kids are, you know, five of them are in their twenties. And so it's, it's great having that, that perspective, you know, that, that hindsight, I'm sure you probably agree, but looking back and saying, um, How at one point I used to use this phrase, look, we're looking for progress, not perfection is what I would tell them, because, you know, sometimes they can be really hard on themselves about certain things and and especially as they got older and they kind of really wanted to be achieving and things like that. I would just say, look, we're just looking for progress. And if you're seeing progress, that's great. That means you're moving forward. We're not looking for perfection. And, and that just kind of gave them some margin and some grace. It gave me some margin and grace. And so I just thought I'd throw, out, throw that out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's great.
0: So, okay. So the, the book that you have, uh, tell us the name of it again.
1: It's Parenting with Patience. Okay. So we're going to focus on parent on patients, parenting with patients, overcoming anger in the home.
0: Right. And so how you've written this is not just a, a book to read through. It's actually a workbook. And I love that because you have to you have to engage. And I think, you know, you talked about um, how to change. I think part of change is um, engaging the heart. And in order for the heart to be engaged, we have to kind of we have to dive in we have to physically do something. So when we're looking verses up and we're answering questions and we're journaling all of a sudden that just, that just really ignites uh, that change in us. And so I love that you've written this as um, it looks like it's a five week uh, with five devotionals for each week. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So the idea is you, you you can watch, you watch the videos and and those can be, yeah. So about 25 minutes each Uh, and then, um, so that's the idea to do it by yourself or with a group and then, and then a place to be in the word that Mm -hmm. week. Um, Mm -hmm. and just, just for, for you to take some time opening up the scriptures, thinking about this issue. You know, one of the things I think a a lot of us we're dipping and skipping in the, in the Scriptures, So we don't really have a, a plan, and this is specifically focused. We've we've identified an area we need to grow in, and we need to change in, and so we can. Uh, we're gonna have we're gonna have a place that we go each each uh, each each morning or each evening for our devotional. Right,
0: right. Oh, I love that, and it and it's uh, you have us write out many of the scriptures. Can you tell why? Tell us
1: why. Well, I yeah, because we we learn things I think a different way when we're actually mm-hmm. writing. I mean, Deut- Deuteronomy 17, God commanded that the king of Israel would write out the scriptures. So think about that: the most important person in mm-hmm. the government was mm-hmm. to take was to take uh, some of his valuable time to actually write out the scriptures, and and we we learn in a different way. So there's right. just something there's just something about. Um, yeah, actually writing out the scriptures.
0: I totally agree. I love that you've got it set up sort of like, like a devotional because that we can use that in our quiet time. We can use that any um, time as couples. I think that would be a cool thing for... Um, husbands and wives to do it together. Um, it gives them a chance to sort of, you know, recognize um, what the other is struggling with and be able to pray for each other and, and encourage each other along the way. And so what is the the special offer that you have for the uh, my listeners?
1: Well, I'll tell you that, but I also say I want to reinforce what you said, which is doing it together with your husband and, and wife. I had one, uh, one uh, p- person wrote in to me and she said to me, you know, you, you don't have to call this talk about parenting with patients. This is just could just be marriage with patients. So right, the, right. The, the principles apply really uh, in, in many, many different situations. So the examples we're using, uh, are, you're, you know, you're thinking about parenting, but, but yeah, it applies to all different but relationships.
0: I love that. I love that. So it's, I mean, if someone's, you know, the husband at work, he can, he can use these principles at work and boy, that could, that could be so helpful.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So I'd like to offer during, we're, we're launching that, uh, the, the, uh, the book this year and the workbook, and it comes with, um, streaming videos So think, you know, think Netflix or, or, or online, online videos. And so we're giving those away free. Uh, if uh, your listeners will purchase the workbook at Amazon okay. and then send Great. in their receipt uh, electronically to my assistant, Melanie uh, Admin, A-D-M-I-N, at the Apollos Project.
0: Okay. I will jot that down and I'll put that in the podcast notes. So listeners, you can look there for the, for the uh, email address to, to send, to send that information to, so you can get the free videos. And then you also offered um, a couple of free copies of the study guide, or I guess it's the one book.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. So happy to send out a couple of copies of Parenting with Patients uh, to, to your listeners.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So um, parents who are listening, if you're interested, uh, please leave a comment at the website under this podcast because I like all, I need all the entries to be in one place. And in about three weeks, uh, we're going to, we're going to choose the winner and then we'll have uh, a free copy sent to to two of, uh, two of the winners. So now the last thing, I think you mentioned this. You can they can purchase parenting with page patients on Amazon. Is it is it out yet? Or are you just
1: it is out, on? yes. It is. Yep. Okay, great. Yep, great. So I would so, love them to, after they've done it, one way, as you know, to love an author is leave a review, right? So yes, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, but that's but they can get it from Amazon. Yep.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, it has been so great to have you back here. I, I love your heart for families and like I said before, the solid biblical counsel you offer. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Well, thanks for having me back.
0: Okay, moms, I hope you've been greatly encouraged, or dads, if you're listening. If you haven't checked out um, the rest of my podcast, please uh, do that. I've got some great topics for the month of February, and I will include that schedule in the podcast notes. Again, don't forget to leave a comment on uh, my website under this podcast to enter the giveaway. So let's pray real quickly before we close. Lord, we thank you so much for this time together. We thank you for your word. We thank you that there are so many resources out there, but the only place we find truth is in your word. We thank you that so much of that was shared today. We thank you for this resource for parents. And I pray for every parent who's listening, God that you would just bless them, that you would bless their families, that you would continue to give them wisdom, that you continue to give them courage to raise their children in the nurture and admonition of you, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to raise and to homeschool our kids, Lord. I pray that your peace would fill their homes. Um, We thank you for Chap and his love for you and his love for families, and we thank you for this time together. God, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.